What's up, boys and goyles? It's here, Raph, your best friends. We're talking about Barf, Backlog Accomplishment with Respawn and Friends. And we're talking about Bayonetta today, the 2009 video game, the first one. That's the one we're talking about, the first Bayonetta. Today I have with me Chad eating a pizza, Michael Ennis. Hey, it's cauliflower pizza, so it's not real. It's imaginary. Mm-mm. And Alex, I hope you're eating real food over there, Cozina. If there are two things I hate in this world, it's cockroaches and crying babies. Lots of seeds today. Cauliflower, cockroaches, crying babies. I, I, I thought about trying to do a, a British accent for that one, but I, I couldn't muster the courage to do so. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you're you're fine. That went over my head. Uh, and we'll talk about it in a second. All right. We're talking, again, Bayonetta. Bayonetta 1. We all played it uh, for Barf this, this month. Some of us got even to 2, I believe. Ooh. We'll talk about that when we get to it. Even uh, beyond that, if you can uh, believe it. Some to 3. You got early <laughs> access to Bayo 3? Not exactly, not exactly, but I'll, I'll keep that under wraps until we get to it. Oh, shit. Right, cool. Uh, as for Bayonetta 1, it's a 2009 action-adventure game developed by Platinum Games and published by Sega. Uh, originally released for PS3 and Xbox 360 um, in North America in January of... Oh, well, first released in Japan in October 2009 in Europe, North America in January 2010. It also came to Wii U as along with its sequel, Bayonetta 2. Um, and then there was a re-release along with uh, Vanquish later on uh playstation 4 and xbox one i've been trying uh, to get this vanquish is a game on our barf game for for years nobody ever wants to play vanquish <laughs> oh poor vanquish poor vanquish uh this game you play a witch and she's pretty sexy and her hair is her magic powers and um it feels like devil may cry her hair is That's her magic powers and is her clothes adam at the same time Mm-hmm. so when she uses her powers, she has to get naked Yep, that's good to see her baboops. <laughs> her baboops. <laughs> but uh, sure. I mean, yeah, there's nothing for me to really read on this um, page here. I guess I'll, I'll kick it off with you guys. Where did you play it and how, what's your overarching feelings on the game? Chad, you'll go first. I played this game when it, so long time ago. This is I, It might be before some of you were born, Porkchop in the chat, definitely before you were born. Jesus. Uh, they announced Bayonetta 3. And... Um, when they did that, they also released one and two on Switch, and that's where I played number one a couple years ago. And then I will also admit that I mm, fiddled around a little bit with it again on Switch, but I did not play it start to finish again. I just picked some chapters because I played Inscription this week, which we'll talk about on the main episode, and I decided mm -hmm. that was worth my time a little bit more. But that's where I played it. I played it on Switch, um, jumped back into it, watched a little recap of it too, just to make sure I was fresh. Cool. Alex? Uh, I played it on the Switch as well. Uh, I literally had never played the Bayonetta games, never even tried them at a demo kiosk or anything of that nature uh, until this month's barf. So I got the Bayonetta 1 and 2 pack on Switch because I figured might as well check out Bayonetta 2 after I finish up with Bayonetta 1. Uh, and also because getting the two of them together was just more economical in that way. Very cool. So I played it on xbox backwards compatible 360 version because i already own that apparently um and i guess we'll go ahead and do how our overall feelings are i got four chapters in and stopped so what oh that tells you adam I guess. that never happens to you 
I know it's always. I was going to say, <laughs> going into this episode, I was like, "Oh man, I can't wait to hear how many chapters Chad got into this thing." I, I like, I was like, "We're going to take bets here. It's going to be like two and a half." <laughs> but Chad, you beat this game twice now. I hate. Okay, so I didn't beat it the second time. I just, you know, jumped okay. around a little bit between the chapter select. But I hate that I have that reputation now. I'm going to go. I'm going on record right now. The net I, every single barf game from here to the end of the year. Which is two more barf games. <laughs> yeah, a couple. <laughs> I will finish. Not 100% Chad, complete, but I will finish listen, the game. Chad, there is no way. If Zelda 2 wins this month's barf, Paul, there is no way that you're finishing that oh, game. Oh, damn, that's I'm right. I'm telling you this right here and right now as somebody that has beaten that one. Damn, okay. I will finish at least half the games. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. You, you need to complete the fourth temple in that game. And I will be perfectly fine and accept accepting of that. Okay. We'll do you think you can do that? Yes, absolutely, hundred percent. Right, um, so. I I enjoyed Bayonetta. I liked the game. I thought the combat was really fun. It's a little bit old, but it uh, just because it's you know it's a twenty three year old game at this point. But um, I thought that it was a really great deep combat system that offered a lot of flexibility with all the different combos, the different weapon choices that you had, the different hair attacks and all that shit, uh, the different tortures that you could do and spanking people mm. and kicking their buttholes and all that kind of stuff. Like, not just kicking butt euphemistically, but literally kicking their buttholes. Um, I thought it was a really, really deep combat experience and not much else. It was a shallow story, really flimsy characters. I, I thought some, some kind of clever writing for what it was. Uh, no, I don't not clever is not the word for it. Some fun writing for what it was. Um, and it made me excited for Bayonetta 2 because I forgot that that game existed and that I wanted to play it before Bayonetta 3. I'm not going to play it before Bayonetta 3 because there are so many other things I have to play this year. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the combat system and that's really all this game is there about is just wacky, absurd fun with cool combat. So I'm feeling positive about this game. Now here's what I'll say. I didn't dislike the game. I do love the combat. My problem was, and we talked about it last week, or two weeks, whenever I forgot I talked about it, I saved my first save file at 45 minutes, and I would played three and a half minutes of the video game. Oh, I understand yeah. they're setting up story, whatever, but I'm like, there's a lot of cutscenes, a lot of talking, a lot of stuff I don't give a shit about. And then again, I got through chapter four, which is about two hours. And again, combat, I love combat. That's not the issue. It's that you'll do combat for legitimately 35 seconds, like in an encounter. And then a small cutscene will happen, and then you'll walk, and then another. And it's just like, I don't like the pacing of this video game. I don't enjoy the story and the character. Not that I don't enjoy them, but it's just like, I don't want to... I wasn't vibing with it. It was a lot of talk and a lot of over-the-top. Like, okay, Metal Wolf Chaos is over-the-top, but it was also quick. The pacing yeah. of that was like, Very we're going to tell a couple jokes, mm. and you're done, and you're playing the video game. This was, you're going to sit here as this dude talks about he smells rosemary and looks in the mirror, <laughs> and then fight something for 20 seconds, and you go back to... I'm just like, I... This is too. And it's very brown. It's very brown. It is I a very brown the design game. of the enemies. Yep. Yeah. It, it, it's mm. honestly kind of tragic because I feel like when we think back to that specific console generation, we think of a lot of shooters from that era as being so desaturated and brown and murky in their Gears color War, palettes. Fallout. We think about, yeah, like the Fallout games, Call of Duty, Resistance. But like this game, unfortunately, kind of falls trapped to that as well. And it's a little unfortunate because I think that the like art direction in this game and the design of a lot of the enemies is comparatively really, really strong. Oh, yeah. These are some of the most like epic looking boss battles and like wild ass enemies I've ever For seen. For sure. Like, 
upside down statue heads with dragons coming out of them and fucking angel wings and gold shit everywhere. Yeah, yeah the wild enemies. I had a really good time with it. I do, I do agree with you, Adam. Though that the game is incredibly linear. Like there mm-hmm. is no exploring off the beaten path much at all, aside from the occasional bird that you got to go find. So like to, it's basically just a series of go from this fight to this fight to this fight to this fight. And yeah, those those in between sections are way too long, especially when you have to listen to like that Joe Pesci ass. Uh, motherfucker talking. <laughs> we were on that well, highway for so long. So like, why are we long. still on this highway? <laughs> I. So if I can just jump in here, it, it's interesting, Adam, that you felt like kind of quitting the game after getting to the point that you got to, because I would say that my biggest criticism of this game is how plot light it becomes after like the first third of it. Um, overall, and I do want to just say this up front, I really had a lot of fun with this game as well. I think I'm kind of right there with Chad in terms of thinking it's not an amazing game, but a really good game with kind of great combat. I really enjoyed experimenting with all the weapons you had at your disposal. I especially liked using the sword. Uh, and because I was playing mm-hmm. the um, Switch version of the game, I could play as like the Samus Aran suited Bayonetta or like the Link suited Bayonetta. I played a like, good chunk of the game as the Link suited Bayonetta with the sword weapon that she had at her disposal and that was a lot of fun um the climaxes are great there are some fantastic animations Uh, the way that you eviscerate the bosses uh, in their kind of like unique little climax animations were awesome uh but yeah once you hit like i want to say like chapter four but i if i want to be very kind of charitable I, i guess you could say like chapter six it really feels like there's almost no plot to this game that like what little plot is in this game exists ser- solely to serve as glue to kind of bridge together the many fantastic cutscenes that you uh, still have yet in store for you in the game. And, and I'm a little bit, I'm almost a little bit disappointed, Adam, that you didn't still kind of stick with it because from that point onward, I was, I found myself going, man, where are the cutscenes? There are so few cutscenes. This is all just pure gameplay. I want there to be more story here. And I wonder if you, that would have been where you actually could have gotten a second wind out of this experience. Maybe because I didn't like the story. So no story at all. <laughs> Sounds much better to me. <laughs> so I, I don't know. We'll see. Because uh, again, I got four chapters in. So it was two hours. And I'm like, I'm not enjoying much of this. I don't think it's bad, but again, I just I just want to play gameplay, but I just don't think it's paced well. So maybe I would have enjoyed the second half, but I didn't want to get to the second half because I wasn't yeah. enjoying the first half. So once I looked up and saw there were 18 chapters, I was like, oh, no. No, thank you. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. I, I really it. did. I, it. Um, uh, I enjoyed the the combat specifically, but I, one thing that I do have a complaint about is how difficult it gets at points. Like there are there some are difficulty definitely spikes. some difficulty spikes oh, every yeah. now and then again that those really fucking red and blue guys. Oh are yes, oh yes. Some of the most annoying fucking enemies on the entire planet uh, made me want to claw my face off uh, for sure. I even, What's funny I even is, dropped it down to easy difficulty the second time playing through it, just because I was like, I'm I'm just gonna you know go in here and, and cherry pick some things, and I was just like, I was still dying. Um, obviously you can still restart. You just get a lower score whenever you die, but man, did not, did not enjoy those difficult moments. I, I, uh, uh, thankfully did not drop the difficulty down to easy, but there are definitely some moments where I really felt like doing so, especially fighting those red and blue enemies, Chad. I will say like, I got 
stone awards at the end of every single level uh, in the game on my playthrough of it, except for the boss battles. The boss battles, in addition to being really awesome, just these amazing spectacles, were also like not that difficult which I honestly found very refreshing. I can see how some people might have walked away from them a little bit disappointing that they were kind of pushovers, but I was pleasantly surprised and pleasantly happy with how manageable those were. And I think they were the only boss battles that I got like more than a stone award on at the end of them. I think the boss battle served as uh, more spectacle and scale than difficult like i think sure. the, the moment to moment gameplay was was where you find the difficulty and and you know juggling enemies getting your multiplier up but the boss battles was really about like almost like in a god of war type way like the original trilogy where it's just like you're fucking fighting this giant thing that's the size of a planet and it's wild what you're doing yeah. here. there's some qtes in there whatever that uh whatever you want to throw at you but it's really all about scale and spectacle and i think it did those moments really really well for sure for sure even the final boss like i feel like uh, it's very easy with a game like this to turn something like the final boss into a very kind of QTE heavy scenario to make it not really feel like you're actually fighting this big hulking monster. And I feel like they kind of struck a good compromise where it didn't like literally feel like you were fighting it, you know, Shadow of the Colossus style. But I also felt like I, I was still kind of like doing a lot of meaningful moves to take down its health bar. And yeah. I, I thought it was an enjoyable end cap to the game. I concur, Doctor. Cool, cool. Ooh, I'm a doctor now. <laughs> uh, was there anything else about Bayo 1? Because uh, if not, I do want to hear about Bayo 2. Because I, I saw the screenshots. I'm like, that game actually looks pretty. I don't think we can talk about Bayonetta without talking about her Bebops and Rocksteadies. Like, that's... It's... that's That is her... her her badunks that is her oh i got you now, her, now Billy really Bob Thornton's, oh really you know. I, I did not realize that at all <laughs> i think i think there there's such controversy about this game there are people on both sides of it like yes let's liberate women let them do they can be sexual creatures and that's totally fine and then there's the other side of it, it's like why did we need this in a video game it seems overly exciting why do we need a mode of this game that's called non-stop infinite climax like that's a difficulty in this game. <laughs> oh, that's great. But I I I find myself a little bit conflicted. I am all for like sure, show whatever you want to show. Let her be an empowered woman who's in control of her sexuality and I think that's totally fine mm -hmm. to put that out in the world. I would feel a little bit more comfortable if it wasn't some middle-aged Japanese man who's who's in charge of it though. Like if it came from a right. woman, like I think about I think about uh Megan Thee Stallion and WAP and it's like that is that is women taking back sexuality in hip hop music. But this is like a middle-aged Japanese man giving women liberation. And that feels a little bit weird and disingenuous to me. But overall, I'm a fan of it. I'm a, I like, let it be out there. And if you have to put a censored mode for more people to play it in Bayo 3, like that's fine. But like, I'm, I'm okay with this being out there in, in a non-creepy way. Yeah, what also makes it weird is that Hideki Kamiya has gone on record saying like, oh yeah, Bayonetta is like my ideal image of what I want out of a woman. And it's like, I don't know about that, Kamiya. Maybe you should just stick to blocking people on Twitter. Maybe that should be <laughs> the extent to which you interact with the rest of us. I don't know that we need to hear about your creative process in designing Bayonetta. Well, there's that. I feel like, have you guys ever seen that? That image of Demi, <laughs> that image of Demi Moore, where it's from like the 80s, 
Okay, I'll yeah, I'll put it out, out there in I'll put it out there in the in the way that Stephen Colbert did it on the Colbert Report about ten years ago. Google Demi Moore George Bush, but don't okay. put the word George oh, in there. Dear. Oh, so it's Demi, Demi Moore George Bush, but again, cut George out of there and turn off safe, safe search. search is off. <laughs> and I feel like that is the inspiration for Bayonetta's hair magic. Just... <laughs> oh, oh, God. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yep. I could definitely see that being inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It is. 80s, it is, certainly is. It man. certainly is. Is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> what about Bayonetta two though? I did not play Bayonetta any Bayonetta two. I wanted to, but I know Alex did. So let's hear about it. Chad, you should definitely give Bayonetta two a shot. I don't think that Bayonetta two is a perfect team either. But if Bayonetta one was a flat eight point oh out of ten, Bayonetta two would be a solid flat nine point oh out of ten because this game is in all ways so much improved over the original uh number one right off the bat as adam has alluded to many times throughout the show holy moly bayonetta 2 is so much more colorful than bayonetta 1 no joke the first chapter of the game uh bayonetta uh gene and the joe pesci character are going toy shopping for toys uh on christmas eve like it's one of those moments where it's like clearly the developers had gotten the memo that the first game was really just glum looking and so they really kind of tried to start it off in a really poppy fashion uh the combat if you can believe it is even more improved and refined over the original bayonetta that they're also the game gives you more opportunities to use your kind of magic meter which i felt was a little bit underutilized in the original bayonetta you only really end up using it when you want to perform those torture attacks on enemies uh and it's uh, you can like earn Halos so much more quickly in Bayonetta 2 than you could in Bayonetta 1, which is a, a complaint with the original game I didn't really mention earlier. I felt like there were a lot of um, like just upgrades and abilities uh, in Rodin's shop that I really wanted to obtain, but I felt like I had to grind for so, so long to kind of get to. And these are like upgrades and abilities that don't like make the game fundamentally easier they just allow for you know different play styles and abilities and what you normally have at your disposal and so i liked being able to gain access to that stuff a lot uh earlier also bayonetta 2 uh, specifically the switch version of the game allows you to scan in your amiibos to get a ton more halos even faster and so i actually Ooh. got a real kick uh dragging my amiibos out of storage collecting dust uh, and using them to get halos quickly uh, and yeah, I, I'd say that my only big criticism of Bayonetta 2 is, unfortunately, it does fall prey to becoming a lot, uh, to becoming as sort of plotless as Bayonetta 1 does, but that kind of fall-off point happens a lot later in the story. If with Bayonetta 1, that fall-off point happens around like chapter 4 or 5 or 6. In Bayonetta 2, it kind of happens at around chapter 10 or 11. Uh, and up until that point, like the story, I think, definitely manages to be a lot more engaging and interesting than Bayonetta 1 story. There's a character in Bayonetta 1 called Cereza, who's basically this sort of like cute little anime girl baby who accompanies Bayonetta and the other dude, voiced by Yuri Lowenthal, are around a lot on their adventure. Bayonetta oh, I didn't realize has... that was Yuri Lowenthal. Oh, yeah. Um, Bayonetta 2 has a character that is, in essence, the Cereza of Bayonetta 2. He's a guy called Loki, and he is like 
so much better of a character than Cereza because unlike Cereza, he is a little bit more aged up and he can actually have like interesting nuanced conversations with the rest of Bayonetta's cast. Overall, I just walked away so much more satisfied with Bayonetta 2 than 1, even though I do think that it does fall prey to becoming kind of plotless towards the end and I think not having as strong of an ending. Excited for 3, though? I'm pretty excited for 3. I'd say so, yeah. Yeah. The only reason I, I knew... Like, my first introduction to Bayonetta as a series was years ago... I just like searching around and like what games are getting perfect reviews from places and things because like what should I play when I'm bored and I'm looking to conquer my backlog and like Bayonetta 2 is one of those games Bayonetta 2 on Wii U just gets perfect reviews at a ton of outlets and I was like oh shit I don't know what this is but it's this naked witch lady with hair all over her body and guess I should play it Sounds so when good. that switch port came I was like snatch that up what a crazy so series play for Nintendo to publish yeah what a yeah. wild what a you're right what a, that's so wild that like Nintendo looked at that and said, "That's what I think is right for our company, given our we pedigree." Want that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and recently, there was that quote from Hideki Kamiya on Twitter where someone was like, "Oh man, did Nintendo force you to put that new mode that's coming to uh, Bayonetta three into the game?" I, I think it's called like Naive Angel Mode, where it, everything, all of the nudity in the game is like censored and Hideki was like no 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 Nintendo didn't force us to do this at all this is our call that we're making uh and he said that apparently in Bayonetta 1 and 2 uh with the Link costume Nintendo the only piece of feedback Nintendo ever gave them was you should make the Link costume sexier for Bayonetta so I don't know what's going on at Nintendo there. Yeah. Them's a bunch of Nintendo horn dogs. Somebody's <laughs> horny at Nintendo. One yeah. person. Yeah, that's, that's interesting that like they if they if it would have if it would have been Nintendo asking them to make the naive angel mode, then it would have happened in Bayonetta 2 cuz that's they fully yeah. published that one, right? Like that's why it's only exclusive to Nintendo con right. Wii U and Switch. Right. Damn. Very cool. All right. Uh, we before have anything else? We... Oh yeah, go ahead. Yes, before we conclude the episode, uh, I wanted to be as much of a completionist as possible uh, before I came on this episode. So I made a point of rewatching the Bayonetta 3 trailers that have been released thus far. Okay. Um, would you guys believe it that we're currently living in a world that is saturated by multiverse stories? We have Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. We have everything everywhere all at once. We have the Spider-Man Spider-Verse sequels. We have tons of video games that are doing all sorts of multiverse level crossovers. And yet, Bayonetta 3 is apparently also a multiverse story and nobody is talking about it. Yep, heard about that. Yeah, the, so you might recall that when Bayonetta 3 was originally unveiled way back in 2017, the very brief teaser trailer that we got for that game showed Bayonetta seemingly being killed in cold blood. And then when Bayonetta 3 was re-unveiled just last year, she was sporting a very new look. Uh, the most recent trailer that was revealed for Bayonetta 3 about like a month ago that revealed the release date for the game as well seemingly confirmed that what's going on is that basically the new Bayonetta that is in the game is like another universe's Bayonetta and there are like other universes Gene and other universes Joe Pesci characters and whatnot that are all coming together to fight this crazy human creation homunculi thing it's weird but I I was watching that trailer I was like oh wow wow they're doing another multiverse story okay it's all the rage man 
Dope. Yeah. Uh, and finally, uh, when I was done with those trailers, I was like, you know what? I really want to be as much of a completionist on the Bayonetta franchise as I can be at the moment. Um, there was an 8-bit Bayonetta game that was actually released uh, a couple of years back on Steam for a couple of days for April Fools. I wasn't able to get my hands on that, unfortunately. Uh, however, something I was able to get my hands on uh, was Bayonetta Bloody Fate, which mm -hmm. was what? an anime Bayonetta movie that was released uh, a few years back ahead of the release of Bayonetta 2. Uh, unfortunately, as much of a fan of anime as I was, I didn't particularly enjoy this movie. Uh, this movie falls into a genre of anime movies that I really just don't care for on principle, which is anime movies that retell the events of the game they're based on and not much else. The movie mm -hmm. is basically just the plot of Bayonetta 1, but events are like skipped over or recut or presented slightly differently. So like, for example, they'll show the first uh, fight scene from the game, but it'll take place inside of a church instead of a cemetery. They'll mm -hmm. have certain boss fights occur earlier on in the story and other boss fights occur later on or not even at all. I, I ultimately just kind of walked away from it being like, uh, there really was just not a whole lot of great content in this movie that I hadn't already seen before. And the stuff that I really enjoyed out of the original Bayonetta, which was the combat obviously wasn't in this because this is this was an entirely passive experience. Um, the one new bit of content in this movie uh, was around the 30 minute mark. Uh, and this sounds like I'm queuing up a joke, but this is real. Uh, there's an extended <laughs> sequence in which Bayonetta and Ceriza take a bath together. Uh, this is not a joke. This is actually something that happens in the movie, which if you've played Bayonetta, raises all sorts of weird uh, questions <laughs> about... <laughs> the logistics and time travel uh whoops probably shouldn't have said that part uh but basically it raises a lot of questions about paradoxes and whatnot but we don't need to get into that how long do you think it takes bayonetta to blow dry her hair hmm she uses magic i was gonna say that the fires of inferno will allow her to instantly dry it so probably instantly i would if i were her i'd probably or she has a way to just like all right, all of it fall off now and just goes and just detaches from her skull and she just grows new hair. Every time. She probably doesn't even need to wait. bathe or shower then if she can do that. Well, you don't have, you have to, gotta watch more than just your, your hair. You gotta wash your just whole... Just your hair. <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you gotta wash your, your blowfish. <laughs> You're trying to think of another B word, a euphemism. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, that's Bayonetta Bloody Fate. I would say don't bother with it. If you... For whatever reason, you really want to uh, learn of the story of the original Bayonetta, but uh, you don't want to play the original Bayonetta. I would say watch like a watch like an hour long sort of supercut of the best action scenes from the original game instead of Bloody Fate, because I think that would Ooh. be a more worthwhile viewing experience. IMO. Yeah, we all mentioned how much we didn't enjoy the story, and that's all story. <laughs> Very cool. All right. That's it, boys. We talked about Bayonetta, all her bajangles and bedunkles. We've heard we've bajangles. About <laughs> we've had a great time. Uh, yeah. Thanks for everyone for listening. You can go to patreon.com slash respawnamefire and vote on our barf games every month. This uh, By the time you hear this, the what is that month coming up? October September. or September's. Whatever the month is should already be done voting with. But get on there for next month and uh, just come hang out with us. All right, that's it. Have a good night, everybody. Wash your hair. <laughs>